Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. What's up, guys? Fuck you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk devils and islanders. Let's talk penguins and rangers. But let's not talk about flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. Episode 21, Friends and Rivals podcast coming at you. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Harkness. With me, as always, are Stephen Wojtowicz, Phil Fougere, Nick Larita. Wow, no one fucked up the intro this week. That's great. We got a special treat for everybody. Coming off of their championship tournament, we have the younger son of one of our hosts, uh, Casey Fougere. Casey, you all set? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Congratulations, bud. Just to Thanks, just to Sean. just to clarify, that was the Swain Hockey Skills and Development Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro Am Fun Run Race for the Cure Shootout Tournament. That was the full name of the tournament. They, they I mean, I mean, no, not really, but I'll take that because the thing's too long to say. And uh, Casey's on the New Jersey Stars, right? Yes. What position do you play? Buffling. And you guys beat the Nutley Clifton Pirates. Indeed. And you were on the lockdown defensive line, right? Yeah, we were. Um, I think I think my line did pretty much most of the lockdown defense in the game. What was the final score? 4-2. Now, you were wow. saying the other team had a bunch of ringers on them, right? Yes. Ooh. It, it's got to feel that much better when you when you go into a game and you shut down those ringers. Oh, it, it does, especially when they beat you 1-5 to five the day before. Like it, you know, that's uh, some payback, I guess, or revenge, or whatever like you want to call it. Why'd you say it like that? One to five, yeah. Yeah, that that's weird. He's a kid. Does that make a difference? But he should, he should know that. You <laughs> well, he knows. Kid. He we knows his team scored one. one. Yeah, but he knows his team scored one. Casey, for all from all, we we lost five one, not one to five. Don't say it like that anymore. Uh, 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 okay. And why does it matter? <laughs> it matters. It matters. It doesn't matter. It matters. <laughs> he has. He has a. And a good amount of British tendencies. But you're not British. So that's, I think that's where they come from. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so did you, what, during this championship game, did you say, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make sure they don't score when I'm on the ice? Like, is that your focus or are you just playing the same game you normally play? I mean, pretty much that was, that was, that was my focus for like the entire game. I think that was what our coach told us for the game. That he didn't expect our line to, to score or get points or anything. But just to lock play lockdown D. And, and do you out. do you look at that assignment and say yes? I that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there and make sure these guys get nothing against me. Yeah, and I, I yeah, um, especially it was the last game of the season as well. Like so, there was like you know there was like yep. that extra kick. A little I bit guess. of adrenaline going. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's. And this the is the first time it. you've done you've played in one of these tournaments and and come out on top, right? Yeah, because there was about like four years, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, like four years. I was probably in the finals. I think like three, four, three or four tournaments, and I still didn't win any. Nice. So it was actually uh, actually nice to win something for once in the tournaments. It's always nice to come away with something. Yeah, it is. I mean, especially yeah. after. I think I think one year I was playing in Lehigh Valley. They always have this big tournament during the. No, not you. I know, I know. I just like anyway. So I played it. We like it was in Lehigh Valley in this tournament, like two years back. 
like uh, we actually were like close to winning the game. We were like up to nothing and then we lost because the defense didn't play. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to win something. And where was that? Where was that final tournament? Oh yeah, that and that that um. Wait, this Lehigh Valley, Valley, Valley tournament was also in like in the AHL rink that they had. Was, was that in Scranton or was that in Wilkes Barre? Uh, well, <laughs> well uh, not Lehigh Valley uh, would would be Allentown. Allentown. Oh, okay. Allentown. Yeah. Big big difference. Big difference. Okay. Monster difference apparently. So so Casey, um, what what's your hockey number? Sixty six. Any relevant there? What, what, why do you wear number sixty six, bud? Mm, Mario Lemieux, I guess. Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Not, not Josh Hosang, right? Just Mario Lemieux. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good job, pal. So, huge and, and, and huge Mario thing. Lemieux fan. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge Mario Lemieux fan. How does it feel to have more skill in your left hand than your dad does in his entire body? How does that make you feel? How, how do you feel about hey. that? Hey. <laughs> oh, hey. Why you say that? Wait. Well. True. Maybe why do I say that? This, where is this even coming from? Is what I'm is what I'm wondering. Do you know your dad do you scored four goals in one game? Do you know your father once got knocked over by a girl? Yeah, I've told that before. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you know he also pushed a football at the back of the end zone for a safety instead of falling on it and scoring a touchdown? He decided the safety was better. Points. This, this has been a lot of fun for our first interview. <laughs> points are points. The way you look at it. Do you know that? Do you know that? Like Tom, like Uncle Tom said, your father scored four goals in a game, and lost the game. What did he do? Couldn't what, even do hey, it. Hey, hey, couldn't what, score five. He, he couldn't there, score five did, and win the game. What did he do there, may I ask? Huh? What did he do? What did he do there, may I ask? What did he do? He he didn't score five to win the game. Ah, that's why. All right, get no, this kid out of here. Get way. get him out of here. Oh, Casey, congratulations. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, oh, well, very, very proud of you. We don't know how to end these things. Sorry. Okay. No. Okay. Goodbye. Good job, Good buddy. Good job. Good job, pal. Appreciate it, buddy. Great job. Uh, can we get Casey back? <laughs> oh, God. So for my four-point night, the, the first point was that that girl was was coming at me, and she couldn't <laughs> stop, and I tried to jump and get out of her way, and then she just a glancing blow, and I ended up falling over because I was trying not to annihilate the poor thing. If I stood my right. ground, she would have been flattened. You're right. Your momentum... I, I understand she would have been flattened. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. But a huge congratulations to the New Jersey Stars for their for their championship. Got got pictures with the what appeared to be the Stanley Cup. Was the Stanley Cup there? Was that it was like a scale model of it, like maybe a maybe like a one third size. Yeah. Nice. Give the kids nice experience. Did did Casey touch it? Oh yeah. Good boy. Good boy. So you know someone who hasn't touched the Stanley Cup? Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe played in his 1,768th career NHL game, which breaks the record by Gordie Howe, 1767, all time. So congratulations to Patrick Marlowe for kind of hanging around for so long. Staying alive. Good job. Staying alive, being healthy for for a long time, uh, being traded a bunch, um, and being on teams that never won the Stanley Cup. Now, Patrick Marlowe's career, 566 goals, 630 assists, um, 1196 in points, minus 22 for his career. Is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, I, I, I personally believe that breaking this record, he's a lock. He magic. is a mortal lock for the Hall of Fame. He's got two magic numbers, right? He's got the career games record, 
and the 500 goals. Yes. I, I, I think if he, if he didn't have the career um, games played, he eventually would have gotten it on the goals. And he was never on a gold medal winning Team Canada, right? I mean, he, I think he was, but... Like an Olympics or a World Championships? It would... I think it was Olympics. Uh, he was on... Because you got to... You got to remember 2010 Canada team. The Hall of Fame is not just NHL, right? It's you know they take international competition into that. I don't, I don't, I don't really believe that, but okay. No, they do. Whether, well, whether I believe it or not, I mean this, that's what they do, right? Yes. Um, I, I don't, necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with that. Two golds. Two, two okay. golds, right? So then he's in. Yeah. I but, yeah, I think I think he's in too. I you know. The, you know the the 566 goals and and almost 1200 career points he'll probably he'll probably finish his career with over 1200 career points i mean those are numbers that jump out to me is i don't i don't care how long you played how many games i mean to get to those numbers is is also you know in and of itself uh, i think a hall of fame career in any era and he's not and he didn't play in the even play in the 80s or, or something where you know uh, guys like Eddie Olchik were scoring uh, 100 points uh, every now and then. Like this is this, this is legit. I mean, 1,200 points. Yeah, again, doesn't matter to me how many games he played, and, and that's just icing on the cake. That games record. So yeah, I, I think the, the guys in the Hall of Fame. Was that a knock that on Eddie Olchik? Was that a knock on Eddie Olchek? Jesus Christ. No, I love Eddie. Poor Edzo. Um, yeah. Well, maybe not traded a lot, right? Uh, he went to Toronto, then went to San Jose, Pittsburgh, back to San Jose. Really, I mean, I'm going to say he should go into the Hall of Fame as a Penguin. He really was a career Penguin. But uh, yeah. eight yeah. games played, career Penguin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones that put him over the top. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't have the record without the games in Pittsburgh. You're, you're, you you're not wrong. For long, For definitely not wrong. But I mean, look, he's he's never he's finished at most. Uh, where where are the numbers? Uh, third in the Lady Bing. That's as high as he's ever finished. He finished uh, 2017 in the Hart Trophy race. He's just never, he just never stood out as best player in the league, but he was just always consistent, always showed up, always played in in every game of every season. And he was a perpetual, you know, 30 goal scorer throughout his career. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. So I think we, that's a unanimous. Uh, unanimous decision no oh i thought you said yes already here comes mr fucking oh, okay. controversy. i thought he said yes already i don't know i don't know i don't know if he's a hall of i feel like this is one of his rec- I, I look at this guy and i'm like he's been a solid player his whole career no doubt about it and he had some some years even like in his um looks like in his 30s um that he had you know 80 points 70 some points he had 44 goals in 2009 10 and he entered the league, you know, pretty much 12 years before that. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. But he's – in the NHL, he's won nothing at all. And it's it's hard. Like, there's no awards. The, the NHL All-Star game three times. I mean, that's that's nothing special, guys. Yeah, like, he was an alternate twice after that, too. I mean, it's hard for me to, like I, – I think of, like, the best – you know, like players in the Hall of Fame. And I look at him and I'm like, oh yeah, he had a pretty good career, but like he was just here a long time. It's like the Vince Carter thing, right? Like Vince Carter played like something like stupid, like three decades. Like I think, you know, he played in like the nineties, the, the O's and the now the two thousand he played in the twenty tens or whatever to twenty twenties or whatever, whatever the whole fucking 
this crazy thing he played through. And I'm like, that's really impressive. But and he could jump out of the building and do all these amazing things, but he never fucking won anything. Yeah, he, well, he might have got I can't. But the well, point, they, the point, they, they, is Cal mean, Ripken in the Hall of Fame? Cal Ripken was a first ballot Hall of Famer was, over over ninety five percent. He was voted at over ninety five percent, but he was also a nineteen time All Star and Rookie of the Year, and he was MVP in his second year in the league. Cal, Cal so he had he had a little bit of that, player. you know, never won a championship, but he had a little bit of that individual accomplishment. It's like Marino. Marino didn't win this, this big game, but he won a lot of reward, awards. He had like, records. I mean, Marlowe's only claim to fame is like he was just he played the most games, and so, yeah, he put up like twelve hundred points. But like points per game is it's not great. How many? If you, I mean, if you look at the guys that have been with him in the last few years, not like the older guys. Like if you look at the last points per game for the, like the last let's say ten years of, of nominees, I, I don't think he's going to be. His points per game is probably not going to be up there. I can't imagine it is because he's he's way under one point per game. Right, seventeen hundred games, twelve under twelve hundred points. Billy, what's the math what? on that? Is that like sixty six? Yeah, it's about sixty six. Uh, point six hey, no, three. Yeah, about, three game. yeah. About, about a point six six. Yeah, it's about yeah two thirds of a point per game. He's a a point Lemieux, something like that. Oh, no. point <laughs> I get it. Point sixty six. But anyway. he also held on long enough where that where that points per game kind of diminished a little bit. Not that he was ever kind of like came down. Real like super productive. He actually did damage to himself by hanging on yeah. so long. With I mean, the, it actually, it went, category. it went up because he played with Thornton for so many years. And you look at like the from 05 to like he didn't he never broke sixty points until 05. and then he was a 70, 80 point player until 10 11 His seventy again, 2013-14. He played eighty games. From nine, 2009 all the way to 2018-19, except for one season, 2012-2013, where he didn't play full season. No, it was 13-14 it was where he had 70 points. He had 33 goals and 37 assists in 2013-2014. Yeah, I'm saying he played 82 games, though. Like, basically every year for uh, 2009-2018. Oh, he played, yeah, he 19. played every game from 2009 Almost. through 2019. Every single game. Pretty much every game, yeah. And it's like no, no, that's it amazing. Pretty, it was every game. That's amazing. Pretty much. But like that, he, again, he still be on that streak. <laughs> no, he's not anymore, right? He's not. Nine, nine, mm, oh wait, nine, nine, maybe he is. 2019, 10, 20 was how many games did he play? Uh, um, it's fifty-eight and eight. He played that year on two different teams, so I'm not sure if he yeah. missed for either team. Jose and Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right. Current NHL Iron Man. I can't type. Right, because it was um, what's his name down in Florida? He just he, he lost it this year. Uh, the defenseman Ekblad. No, it wasn't Ekblad. He, he he played for the Rangers too. I forgot. Yandel. Keith, yeah, Keith Yandel. He lost his Iron Man streak this year. I think it was a healthy scratch in that game, or he lost the COVID or something like oh, that. Oh, he was he was right above. You're right. He was right above. Uh, uh, Marlo, well, this is saying Yandel's active still. That's wrong. So again, maybe not first ballot. You know, maybe obviously not unanimous decision, but I feel like he'll be in. I, I think when it comes down to it, I think he's getting in. I, what, I, what I was going to go with this was like, I think I think they have to start looking at guys like who are like legit Hall of Famers, like Hall of Fame types of careers where they just awards and top of the top of the game all you know, every you know 
at least five, six years of their career, just, you know, dominating the league in some way. Uh, multiple cups, like part, like just got them there. And then I think the guys that get these records that are like, you know, random records, like most games played, but was an okay play. It was a pretty decent player as like, you know, not get in as like in the, in there, but like your records there, your name's in the, in the hall of fame. Like, you know, like your record yeah. is some sort yeah. of recognition without like, being I inducted. I think that the people that get inducted are like the special players that are there. I mean, like, you know, you walk through the hall of fame, you're like, here's like this hall, the whole thing. You know, if you've been in Cooperstown, for instance, like they have a whole area where it's like all the, the, the people, the plaques, the are all plaques. like Marlo wouldn't be there. He'd be like, you know, his records are, you walk through like the most records of this, like, you know, you go through this like giant wing of all the Gretzky records. And there's like the Marlo record on the wall. Sort of like, sort of like doing retired players numbers yeah. and then a ring of honor for guys who weren't yeah. maybe good enough to have their yeah. number. It's like the all time coolest fucking records. I mean, you know, Obviously, like Gretzky's got a bunch of them, but you know, that's where you put those guys. I mean, it's not too many of those those kind of records around there, but that's kind of my point. Is I just I I don't know. I don't think I look at him and say, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He was a really solid player, but it's not the Hall of really solid players. No, you're hall right, of, and but you know, a player who always who that's always a great fucking us. idea, though. We should start that. <laughs> We should open yeah, one right. of those. <laughs> Hall of really, really good, really good Hall players. Of going Hall in of really good players. Like, oh, yeah. So on the first ballot of that would be Patrick Marlowe and Patrick Eliash. I don't know. Eliash has but championships Eli- look, behind his name. Well, exactly. And that's the comparison I want to make. Eliash got 408 career goals, 617 assists, 1,025 points. He was a plus 172 for his career. Got two cups. Is he Hall of Famer? I think so. Why? Twelve because he won two. He cups. had the benefit of playing on the Devils. Twelve, twelve hundred because games. he won two cups. What's his, what's, his, what's his point? No points per 1200 game. Twelve hundred games and a thousand two hundred twenty-five points. I mean, like he's just just under not that like what like, just under a point per game. Like point nine or something. Point yeah. point eight eight. Point eight eight. He's got a cup. He's got um, a gold medal, I think. Right. Uh, did, did he win? Did he win with the Czech team? I think uh, they won once. Was he on the team then? They put Niedermeyer in the Hall of Fame. I'm surprised they keep anybody up. <laughs> no, he didn't, he didn't win a cup. Oh, Rob yeah. Niedermeyer's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he did. I don't think he won a gold medal. He, no, he okay. Gold medal. No, no, but he no. did win a, a World Cup, though, didn't he? Uh, he's got bronzes. They said. I thought yeah, there was bronze. some sort of international yeah, tournament, he, maybe a World Championship. He played. Uh, he didn't. Didn't seem like he. Uh, he Just it. to go back to Marlowe, I still think, even though the longevity is there, 500 goals. He's got to got to be really strongly considered to get him in. Yeah, and you got it. His five hundred goals, he got. I think as you know, he scored on f- only five hundred shots. <laughs> That's <laughs> he, a record too. Retired. Well, if he retired without the with the without the games played mark and just five hundred goals, that, that I think that's good enough to get him to the Hall of Fame. That get that's good enough. It should be good enough goals, to get you in. Yeah, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, I think that's what's hurting Eliash is that he never got the never got to to the five hundred goal mark or any individual awards to back his Stanley Cups, and I think that's what's right. hurting. But he's a better point per game guy, and Nick seems to really fixate on on that on that for his Hall of Fame guys. Without, I, th- well, I guess Elias played through two lockouts, right? Uh, yep. Where's one? And yeah, but that first one though. So he might have hit 500 without those. I think it's a, I think it's a combination of things. So I'm, I'm, so. I'm, I'm looking at it like you know. If you, I, I think he would have. If you look I at, if you look at Marlo, yeah. what do you, 
what are you giving him the, the the nod on? Just that he was a good player and he has a record of like the most games played, but oh, just you know, just well, around five hundred goals. Well, yeah, consistency and, and goals scored and and for, you know points for that matter, man. Twelve hundred points in the NHL is pretty. You, you got guys. I'm told. I'm, told now, I, I'm not. I'm not comparing them at all. But you got guys like Bobby Orr and Mario Lemieux and Eric Lindros who get in even though they don't have the length of career, they get in because some people almost go, well, imagine even what they could have been if they played longer. Well, this guy did it and he put <laughs> up more than 500 goals. I mean, sure. We'll see. He, I think he's going to be he's interesting in the ballot who he goes against in the, those years. Maybe, maybe it's a soft year and he gets in, no problem. Maybe he's got some tough competition and he hasn't get in for a couple of years, but you know, he'll probably will get in at some point. He'll be one of those guys that'll either they'll just, Romans, everyone's like, yeah, he was a great player, blah, blah, blah. He played for 30 fucking years, so everyone likes him. I, 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 he's, he's, yeah, he's getting in. Either first or second ballot Hall of Famer, for sure. Lindy Ruff, is he the right coach for the Devils? I mean, I, look, I know they're going through a whole bunch of shit right now. Um, Has anybody got that game on right now, by the no, way? No. What, <laughs> last, I turned it off at 7-4. Yeah, you might not have wanted to do that. Although I'm, I'm, I'm a minute behind. Maybe no. the game's over now, but uh, it's a one goal. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It's over. Game. Is Holy he the right shit. coach? After the Penguins were up 6 nothing. He yeah. was. To, to develop young kids and young players to play in this league, is he the right coach for the Devils? He was brought in based on the belief that he did that with the Stars. That he got Sagan and he got a, lunch, a, lot, a lot of those kids from potential superstars to superstars. But, but what, what, what the, who were the superstars, right? It was it was Jamie Benn and it was Tyler Sagan. And Sagan, at that point in 2013, 2015, I mean, he had already established at that point? He was established, but I don't think he was the player that he beca- he would become. Uh, okay, so that's two players on the team. Right. Well, and that's – well, that they're talking – they want Hughes and Heesher to, to follow in that mold, right? That's what he was brought in to develop those two players – specifically i don't think he's the right coach just because i watch the team and his system is shit it is utter garbage the the rangers defensive system last year was shit and he was absolutely responsible for all the day and it was crap last year it was is he is literally trying to fit a square peg in a round hole that's what it seems like he's got there's just players out of position left and right Guys on the crease wide open. There is no accountability whatsoever. So I don't think he's the right coach. I don't think Recky is the right coach. I don't think Nazardine is the right coach. I think they should just clean house, except for, I guess, the goalie coach, because I think Blackwood, he's like Blackwood's goalie coach. But I think Nazardine, Recky, and Ruff have got to be shown the door. Shortened season or not, I don't care. I, I, I think I agree with you. But I, that I mean, leads yeah. us to another topic and that is your disdain for lindy ruff over a challenged offside call okay so my my disdain for lindy ruff goes back to 2005 2006 when he was a coach of the buffalo sabers and against uh, a young ranger team back then but what you're about to hear is real the participants are clearly not actors They're actual litigants with a case pending in a complete and utter mockery of our judicial system. Both parties have agreed to dismiss their court case 
and have their disputes settled here, in our forum, the Dickheads Court. My my disdain for for Lindy Ruff on challenging a goal when his team was down four nothing already. Uh look, it was offsides. It was the right call. It was everything he should have done. He's still a fucking scumbag for doing it. That's all I'm saying. On the kid's first NHL goal, you call it back. I mean, okay, that's fine. If I, if I'm Vitaly Kratsov, every time I play against Lindy Ruff. I'm going to score a goal or put a puck in his fucking face. So if you were the coach of the opposing team in that situation, you would not have challenged that call so that a player on the other team could get his first NHL goal. And you're like, and you tell your own goaltender, sorry about your stats, but the kid's celebrating over there. And you tell your entire team, hey, I've given up. Five goals or or four goals, is that going to make a fucking difference in the goaltender's stats, Bill? When you've got to face your your players in the locker room and and want them to think that they got your back, you know, uh, yeah, it it, it matters a whole lot. Ah, I don't know. It was the right thing to do for Lindy Ruff. He should have done it. He's still a scumbag for doing it. It's probably a scumbag. It's just not for that. I don't know. Okay. Well, to me... And look, I've hated him for more than a decade. We're going on two decades I've hated this man. So, okay, this is just a little cherry on top. Well, okay. I'm curious, what, what did make you hate him so much? There's got to be something that triggered this because uh, I thought was, he was a good it coach was, in Buffalo. It was the entire Buffalo Sabres team back then that I fucking loathed from from Drury to fucking Briere to to all those fucking jerk-offs up in Buffalo. I fucking Ryan Miller? Ryan Miller, Jason Pominville. Fuck them all. I had high hopes for that Ranger team that lost the Buffalo. Well, there you have it. <laughs> high hopes for that okay. team that lost the Buffalo. But that's what the playoffs are supposed to do, right? You're supposed to generate that fucking hatred toward uh, toward, toward your toward toward uh, other teams in your league. And he did a good job with that. And 16 years later, you're still harboring ill will. Absolutely. The People's Court is produced by Ralph Edwards Productions in association with Stu Billet Productions and is distributed by Lorimar Telepictures. Ranger fans still say fucking pot fans sucks. And how long has that been? Yeah, nothing else. Right. About <laughs> 50 years. Is Poppin still alive? Still alive. Oh, good. Not, not skating so well. He's there. Still beating his wife? Because I remember that's another thing they yelled a lot about. Beat your wife, pot fan. Probably did. <laughs> Holy crap. Everybody stand back. The Yankees won a fucking baseball game. Allegedly. Yeah. Do they? It's three to one. Oh, my God. They beat the Atlanta Braves. Oh, my God. What was the score? Three to one. That means they pitched. Wow. It's going to be a long year in the Bronx this year. I can tell you that right now. I had this whole thing geared up about the how you know the the trades that the Islanders made at the deadline didn't seem so hot and seem maybe that uh, they should have just stuck with who they had. But what the fuck do I know? After a six-one thumping at the hands of the Islanders tonight, they're fine. They're good. We can move on. Fuck the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. Oh shit. Well, what about the 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 points that the rest of us uh, prepared so meticulously? Oh, really? Fucking say it. Go for it. Uh, I agree. No, I disagree. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I, 
Okay, yeah, Jack is good. And how the players it seemed like they didn't fit into that that type of system. But what again? What the fuck do I know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, none of them are performing as well as Anthony Mantha is. No, nobody almost with his five back. goals and one assist in five games. And we so far, the fucking so cap so hard so about good. man. So much. What's pa- Palmieri only has the one goal? Yeah, Palmieri and Zaka both got a. Actually, did Palmieri score tonight? I didn't. No, see he didn't score. Every everybody else. No, did. everybody else, yeah, but but him except yeah, Pat Zajac and 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 the other guy. It's Travis Zajac. No, it's Pat Zajac. What are you talking about? When did he change his name? So they each had an assist tonight. Anyway, so yeah, I was going to go into this with this. Uh, I didn't think about the game tonight. Uh, I really didn't have a lot to watch of that game because of tonight's game because basically tonight was a kid's uh, birthday. So happy birthday to the triplets! Happy birthday! Yeah, ten years, man. It's a full decade old. Pretty crazy. Man alive! It's unbelievable. So anyway, uh, the way I was going to look at this tonight was. You know, Isles have been uh, interesting since we've had the, the we've made a trade. I was pretty sure that it was going to take some time for them to, you know, Zajac and Palmer to adjust. They really looked out of sorts the last few games, especially this week. Even though in the previous week they were, they had a, they had a few wins with them on the on the um, on the roster, but it, they didn't look right. They just they didn't look right, and it may have played into the part where the Isles just play really well home and don't play well away, which was definitely this week. Again, uh, two games against Boston, uh, it's Bruins and they looked like shit with, um, honestly with most of the, most of the time with the, 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 the new guys in the lineup, it's just been a very, I think, uh, those, those feeling out processes with these new guys, where's Ajax fits in. I don't really think he fits in real well at the moment. I think he might end up becoming a scratch and be the kind of the guy off the first guy off the bench mm. potentially. It's not that it's a bad thing. I just I don't know where he fits at the moment. He's more of a center. They've tried him at center with Barzal in the wing. I really don't like that look for him. Uh, I'm surprised they have still haven't tried Palmieri with him, Barzal and um, Neverly. But uh, they put Komarov back up there because when they put Komarov back up there, it seemed to work better. They had him there today and again, and you know must have been doing better you know all around. Um, but they've also had some injuries. Uh, Cole's been out for a bit. He's been playing really solid. Uh, he looked. What I saw tonight, he looked pretty good. Uh, Bailey had two goals tonight, and he was he was first game back in a few. And I think it's a gelling thing. It's just you got some new guys in. We had we haven't played really the best hockey since Lee's been out, and um, they've been trying to fill that hole, that void. And it's just a matter of can they all gel and find um find a place in the team before the playoffs start because they're gonna make the playoffs. They had obviously had an outburst of goals tonight, which was uncharacteristic of them, and. You know, maybe just been played more up to, you know, some bad play. I didn't get to see the game yet, but I'm, I'm assuming that there was that outburst of three goals in the third period was probably not just Dallas playing amazing. It's probably a combination of the Rangers giving a lot of opportunities up. And look, and and you're gonna yeah. see that it seemed like the Islanders really clamped down. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know. Rangers generated some offense in the second period, but other than that, it was the Islanders. Def- it was a defensive clinic. Defensive, right? yeah. After after the Martin hit, that, that game, was a big hit. That game completely changed. I mean, it was a good hit by Truba, and it was a really and it was a good hit by Martin. Both hits were clean. Truba yep. just, just took the worst. He hit his head on the on the, on the, the glass. Yeah, I mean that was a reverberation thing where he just he took he took the hit good. He just his head hit hard on the glass when he and he was a impact. He was yeah. 
But I actually said the text to you. I sent text. I sent text to you guys, but I sent before I sent that. I I literally I was so excited. I went to send a text. I sent it to like some random people, not that don't list watch hockey. They were like completely, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, it your was it, it your magic well, the gathering crew? No, it was my camping friends. Like another oh. another one of my hobbies. <laughs> and they would have, if it was my, if I had magic the gathering friends, they'd have been like what the hell are you talking about dude <laughs> yeah so anyway it, you're right it was uh it was they were pretty good hits um i obviously true to the worst of it but I, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing the game later and watch what happened i have no idea what happened after the fifth goal so i don't know have fun i'm sure you will i am sure you will have fun with it uh, that's gonna bring us to four point night um so i i mean i guess i will i'm not i'm not even gonna talk about the Islander game tonight, other than the fact that, you know, you played four, you get four straight wins in New Jersey. Um, you get eight points. You're a hot team. You're feeling great. Boston's equally as hot, kept the pace, but to just to get to the conversation and look at the Islanders, it says we still got three games against them. Maybe there's a chance even to catch the Islanders, but I think that's all a, a pipe dream. Now after that drubbing, that the uh, that the Rangers got from the Islanders tonight, uh, and uh, overall defensive clinic that they put on to generate um, goals. I don't think you're going to see Igor in nets for the rest of the for the last two games against the Islanders. I think you're going to see Georgie um, in in both of those games. I, I just think the Rangers played better with him. I don't think uh, Igor has beaten the Islanders yet this season. He's uh, mm. now what oh three and one against the Islanders this year. Georgie's been a net for all the wins. So, but. Back-to-back shutouts for for Igor last week. Um, I think he has really asserted himself as the number one goaltender uh, on the depth chart for the Rangers ever since coming back from almost dislocating his leg. Do you um, think? Do you think it was too quick for him to come back after what happened in the game against New Jersey on Sunday? Who, Georgie? Yeah. Um, no, because he came back in the second period and, and finished out the game pretty strong. So, no, I just think it was. Uh, you're going with your number one goaltender uh, in, in down the stretch and you, you want to get him as many games as you can, uh, regardless of maybe the record. And, and maybe that was a questionable, questionable call because I would have seriously considered starting Georgie tonight. And even, no, I'm talking Igor. Yeah. Igor goes Igor down. In the, yeah. But after getting hurt, yeah. right. Didn't he get hurt against the devils? No, that was Georgie. Oh, okay. Georgie got hurt. And then Igor came in and finished out like oh, okay. two minutes left of the first period. And then Georgie came back in the second period. Um, but I, I, I would have still seriously considered giving uh, Georgie, Georgie to play tonight, even Benetetto. I don't understand why Benetetto was in, in the game tonight. Was it just a, hey, he's a Long Island kid. Let's give the Long Island kid a shot to play against the Islanders on Long Island and take out Hayek, who, who scored a goal against the, uh, the Islanders last time they played? In the barn. <laughs> Love some Hayek. <sighs> yeah. So, and uh, hey, congratulations to Vidali Kratzoff finally scoring your first career goal against the Devils off a great pass by Brett Howden is another one that needs to be taken out back and shot. Um, and, the, and the last point is we're starting to fill out the rosters. The draft picks are getting signed. Jack, Zach Jones last week, uh, Will Cooley uh, signed his entry level deal, I believe, yesterday. Carl Hendrickson quietly signed his entry level deal today. Um, look to be in Hartford and maybe some of them even in the NHL next year. Um, but they're starting now to fill out the, that draft class from the past couple of years. And these kids are finally getting signed and uh, 
starts to develop them. So, Bill, I know that's your big bugaboo about the about the Rangers and, and you know, can they take all this young talent and really develop these kids? We're going to find out in the next couple of years if they really can start developing these kids. So, and, and it all starts, you know, with signing their entry-level deals. The last one that I, I really want to sign, um, be, in which I, w- I think will happen, we're just waiting for the uh, Swedish League to stop, and that's uh, Niels Lundqvist. Um, as soon as he signs, I think it'll be uh, be set for next year. But um, to sign, to, to, I don't know, the, the, the Benetetto thing still pisses me off a little bit because he shouldn't have been playing tonight. I'm sorry. Sorry. I actually been should have been should have been playing in this game, and I don't think it's it's time to make sure everybody gets a chance on to play on the on the island when you're in the middle of a playoff run. And Benetetto, two two goals out of the first three, he was solely responsible for. So, do you think do you think that was the the problem? I think there though is that you know Truba going out early really exacerbated the whole thing. I mean, yeah, if, now Benetetto's got to play out, even I mean, more. Now he's got to play right. even more. I mean, everybody else, he played the least amount of minutes. I mean, you, you Fox, Smith, Ringland, and Miller all played in excess of 23 minutes. He's that's, still going to play, though. But still going to play. I mean, what, he play 10 minutes? He played 16. He has 16 to. Minutes. Yeah, because he, he might, had They might have told him to play 10 tonight, or the 10 to 12. Maybe they were going to try and, you know, have him play in limited spots, but that it was out the window. Obviously, it should be going down. You feel so good for the entire week and win four straight games, and you get shit on like this to really kill your attitude for the whole fucking – podcast god damn it i would have been so much i would have been so much happier if they at least were it was it was a little closer but no there's nothing more that i hate worse than losing to the islanders nothing i hate nothing more than that well that's a great segue tom because there's nothing i hate more than watching the devils lose to the rangers good not only did they lose four straight games to the rangers the first time in nhl history that any team has lost four consecutive games to the same team in the regular season and yeah in, in the, the regular right. season it they weren't even competitive games but none of them were and you can't tell me they were judging by the final score in the blink of an eye in each game they were down two nothing it seemed like they just had no fight until it was too late in the last two games back-to-back shutouts just a very upsetting week all over for the team power play sucks Penalty kill sucks. Uh, with their loss tonight to the Penguins and Boston's win against Buffalo, the Devils are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Second team in the NHL to be officially eliminated from the playoffs this year, following Buffalo. I just got to watch the rest of the games this season without paying attention to the scoreboard. I just got to watch to see who's playing better, who's developing, watch these guys try and learn how to play in the NHL. By my count, there's probably only six or seven guys on this team right now that are going to be on the team in four years. So I'm just watching for those players to develop and play better. It's really frustrating to see dumb plays made, like on a breakout pass, watching the defenseman pass. Instead of to the first, the next open forward, they're trying a stretch pass to a forward at the other blue line who's got three defenders around him I, I don't understand why at this stage of the season these players are making these bonehead plays and that was Severson that did that he shouldn't be making a play like that he should just be making the smart outlet pass to the next forward who can carry the puck and either dump it once they hit the center ice or carry into the zone I don't know why they're still making these dumb plays my last point for this week 
is welcome to the team. Alexander Holtz uh, signed his entry level deal is going to be wearing number nine this Saturday for the Binghamton Devils. He's going to play the rest of the season with Binghamton. He's not going to play in the NHL at all. What's going on with Binghamton? Binghamton, just to, again, that was going to close out the point. Binghamton is going to no longer be the AHL affiliate for the New Jersey Devils. The Devils appear to be moving to Utica, where they're, uh, they'll be the Utica Devils, I would assume. But it's, it was very upsetting to hear that. Binghamton was a great home for the team. It's closer than Utica, and the, the community really did embrace that team. And that means a lot because that team wasn't that – you know, there wasn't a lot of great players on that team. And the, the, the community still rallied around them and, you know, bought the tickets and attended the events and attended the games. So it's a little upsetting. It's, it's a business move more than anything for, for these owners. I guess they got a better deal in Utica, but uh, say goodbye to Binghamton. Was there a, already a franchise in Utica? Is this like a things are shuffling around or is this the, like completely new? I th- if I'm not mistaken, the Vancouver Canucks affiliate was in Utica and is now moving to the West. Well, that they're, makes they're sense. picking up a, a city in the West. How the fuck was a Vancouver Canucks eight? What? That's the way it was. I don't know. Now the Devils did play in Utica fairly recently. I want to say within the last ten years. So it might have been when they moved out of Utica and moved to Binghamton. Vancouver's team was ousted from their brink, and they Utica was the only place for them to land. I don't know. I'd really have to dig deep to look into that. I don't know what the specifics of that were, but it's like having the Mets you know, minor league team in Las Vegas. Yeah. It just does makes, makes no, no sense. sense at all. Makes no sense. If, I if thought Binghamton, if Binghamton's available, I would think that Penguins could move one of their AHL teams, either out of Scranton or Wilkes-Barre and just, I mean, spread out the wealth a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's not that far. I thought for sure. If the, if the devil's minor league team was going to move, they were going to move closer, not further, but what do I know? I thought you were going to tell me that they were going to, permanently play in that in that other rink in newark no there's just not i that would be great just not enough seats yeah <laughs> talking about okay, wait, wait, like dead air is bad for the podcast <laughs> I was Steven done. Out. I clearly said I was. D- that was my last point. I know, Somebody I thought, else no, should have jumped in. The mic. I thought he was going to keep going. Oh, okay. I was about to segue saying, talking about empty seats. Talking about dead air. What? Are, how are things out on the island? Oh, thank you, Stephen. Island. Uh, so yeah, I talked a little bit. My my one point is going to be around uh, the play, the new guys. Um, so essentially, you know, it's been an interesting thing with them. Um, Palmieri seems he's been starting at chances. Um, but I don't know if he's got the right line mates at the moment. Um, they've kind of moved him around. Here's something um, to pay attention to with Paul Mary. Streaky. Very streaky. When he scores, he's going to score in a bunch of games consecutively. Bunches. Yeah, sure. And, and that's fine. He can do that in the playoffs. I mean, I don't care if he scores nothing until the playoffs, honestly. I'm just hoping that's the whole point of, of this acquisition is he's he can help anchor that, that piece of the game, is that we're an opportunistic team, and if we – have guys that can score in those, those situations. Those like the guys like Everly and, and Bailey Barzal can sometimes score in those positions. He's more of a passing guy, but adding a guy like that, we lose, we lose Lee who's a goal scorer to, you know, maybe a Palmieri, maybe he can fill in some of those goals. That'll help push them along because they're not going to win a lot of these games six, one, like tonight, they're going to win most of their games two to one, one to nothing. 
and they have to score those. If they're going to win those games, they're going to go far in the, in the Stanley Cup Finals. They got to get those. They need those goals. They need them to happen. Palmieri, uh, like I said, he's he's trying to get going. And I noted is it's interesting because you know Pajo when he first came on team last year before the bubble, they traded for him. Then they said the line, and then he um he he was like red hot for a couple games and like cooled off and. And then, like, went to the bubble or uh, the break, I should say, um, during COVID. Uh, and then they came back into the bubble. We had this break, you know, of time where he figured out the system. Because he came back in the playoffs, he was, like, the guy we wanted, we hoped he would be. And he looked great. And I, I got me so excited. He's the guy I was most excited to watch this year, to be honest. And so Palmieri, when I bring this up, Palmieri is going to have that – he doesn't have that same luxury of, like, having this big break, but he's got to figure it out quickly because hopefully if he could do that then maybe he, ha- he has that kind of jump in the playoffs and makes us you know make it makes a worthwhile acquisition i kind of mentioned earlier before i'm not sure i understand where zajac fits in right now i think he's kind of redundant with other guys i think is you know duck holes a little faster but he can't he can play center sort of but he's not really a centerman but he's starting to look better and I, i'd rather see him get more minutes than and Zajac at this point because I want syrup I, syrup coming out of a container is faster than Travis Zajac. <laughs> yeah, but but so. so maybe it's just insurance though. Should something happen to somebody, yeah, and he's makes, right there. Why would you say ketchup sense. out of a Heinz glass bottle? That would have been no syrup is slower. Really? Yeah. Then Heinz coming out of a glass bottle. If you hit that fifty-seven Heinz on the glass ketchup? bottle, Heinz that's, ketchup will no, come no, out that, fast. That's no. That, it that's depends a, on the, the wives' tail. On the, on that's the an old wives' tale. It's not a wives' tale. It's an old wives' tale. It doesn't fucking work. No, it does work. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, it, 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 it doesn't work. <laughs> it does work. So yeah, you, know cool. <laughs> you know what works? Sticking a fucking knife in there and making it come out to pop the air bubble. That what makes it come out fast. What is this? Wait, I'm 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 taking the knife up the, up the bottle and yeah. working it. That's great for the podcast audience. They're gonna love that. Yeah, you know. So here's the bottle, and you just stick the knife up there. Is that? Ah, just like that, and all the red stuff comes out. Right. Like crime scene. Sorry, Nick. Go ahead. That's all right. So much like me, uh, you know, Coburn is a fine replacement for um, you know real podcast host here. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Coburn, he's a he's a good seventh defenseman um i'm a, i'm happy they, they picked him up for the insurance i don't think he's a better defenseman than the guys we have in there and the, the thing is we need guys like mayfield and dobson to um you know really get their shit together and you know keep it keep it moving forward speaking of, of dobson um there's uh so uh barry called out the the rookies specifically recently this week basically and his, he's tightening the chain he's tightening the chain around these guys and they don't have a lot of a lot of um wiggle room He's going to be calling on the on the on the Zajax and the Coburns to step in and, and fill roles if if he sees them miss up slip up at all. Specifically, he called out Wallstrom and Dobson, and um, to to date, you know, so uh, before the game started today, uh, Wallstrom and Dobson had basically no game, no goal, no points for eight and nine games uh, between Dobson and Wallstrom, and in D- Dobson's, you know, in his defense, he he is. Been three weeks is, since returning from COVID, and so he's kind of had like, you know, I, I get the feeling maybe he's still getting back to the, his groove because he was out for two weeks with COVID, then he came back, and then you try to pick up the speed on everything. You know, Walsham, I, I, they've been kind of trying to figure him out in the right line, and for whatever reason, he has he stopped scoring at the pace he was scoring at. 
Um, he looked great. And I think I think he's got to play through it more so than just benching him, in my opinion. But you know, Barry Barry knows best, I guess. Uh, I gotta trust his his uh, his intuition on this one. Bellows hasn't hasn't played in the last six games. He's probably not going to be doing much uh, except for riding the pie unless there's injuries at this point in the year. I don't think they, he trusts him enough um, for this year. I think next year is going to be a different story, and he's going to be a full-time guy at that point. But I think this year's too too critical. They're pushing all in to go for it. In my opinion, though, I I feel like they need a, they need those guys to the rooks to be basically the guys they rely on. Um, they're going to rely on Sorokin, but uh, if push comes to shove, it seems like uh, in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if Varlamov got starts at all, the whole time. You know, uh, maybe maybe if Varlamov gets blown up on a game or two, Sorokin coming in for a game or, or whatever. But uh, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see how that works out too in the in the grand scheme of things in the playoffs and playoff push because those they've been basically a one A one B, but they've been the best kind of uh, parts of the of the aisles for the last you know this last past week. The team had looked pretty crappy. I was going to go with this whole thing where the Isles looked like shit this week and, you know, except for the goalies. Um, but, you know, of course, tonight they kind of turned around a little bit. But uh, we, I mean, I talked about it already, so I'm not going to go into that point too much. But I was going to say that basically that the, the goalie, goalie situation has been the bright spot. Those Varlamov uh, played out of his mind and against the Bruins to one game had fucking, I don't know, it was like 30-something saves, 38 saves, something like that uh, in the game. And, you know, it was just kind of like keeping them in it. And uh, he's done it all season, aside from a few stinkers here and there. He's been super solid. Um, but even Sorokin, he got the, the game. Uh, he won the game the other night with uh, in Philly, a game where we didn't even score. The only game in the only goal in the game was a knock, a deflection from the other team into their own net on a, on a shot by uh, you know from the defenseman from Philly. So um, you know that was how that game went. We were the, we didn't even score the goal directly, and we won that game. The only goal in the game. Was it um, Shane Gossespair? Was that the defenseman? Gossespair? Uh, I forgot. Like soundboard I, don't, bill. I don't think it was Gossespair. Oh, man. I forget who it was. I actually could look it up really fast. Anyway, so whatever. Those are my, my, my points. This week, this week coming up is going to be interesting because we got six games, including tonight, which was uh, a good start, which is three games against the Rangers and three games against Washington, which is a huge uh, push for the last 11 games of the season because uh, Rangers were one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Same with the Washington Caps with Mantha coming on board. They've been hot. And they're basically the kind of the other team we're going against in the in the uh, for the first place uh, race outside of Pittsburgh, who's been uh, or nipping at the heels of the Isles. And tonight they won, right? So now they're they're going to be one point back of the Isles and the Caps. If I think the Caps didn't play tonight, right? They, are they off tonight? They were idle as they that's say. that's yes, really that's how you do a segue right there. And that that's was a good that one. Was, I was impressed. Yeah, the uh, the Penguins did Penguins did prevail tonight after going up six nothing. They held on to win against the Devils seven to six. Can I just jump in here? No. How many teams can score six goals in a period and lose still lose game. the game? Look <laughs> that. Oh, just yep. The New Jersey Devils scored six goals in the third period and lost the game. Did they score all six in the third? All wow. six were in the third period. That. Yep. Geesh. Good point. Sorry. Well, that's okay because because it, it went over so well last time that that my first point's going to be about the Devils again. Because fuck me. <laughs> I just love how Steve reacts. Go ahead. What I what I 
burn one of my points on the Devils. No, but this is a really this is a really smart one. Like they have a player, Marion Studenich, right? And <laughs> yeah. N- number sixty-seven, much like Radim Zahorna, my favorite player. Where's he um, from? Which one, Studenich or, or Zahorna? Zahorna. Zahorna. Zahorna is from the Czech Republic. Oh, okay, I've heard that before. Uh, Studenich is from Slovakia. Um, years ago, they would have been from the same country, but uh, anyway. That was a great point, um, Bill. Yeah. So, okay, but my point about Studenich, don't don't roll your eyes at me like that. Um, you go from name, this fantastic segment segue into this. You're not doing Nick okay. any favors. Okay. Let's let's just go back. Start over. I, start over. But where's Casey? Get Casey back in here. Come on. Yeah, we're you starting the whole show over. Start the whole show over. You make me cry. So I was gonna say about student each. It just doesn't even feel worth it anymore to make this comment. The name student each feels like it. It, it brings me back to like the days of of going to to my Italian uh, aunt's and uncle's house and. Uh, and it just sounds like uh, some kind of Italian racial epithet that they're shooting out there. Every time I hear them announce that, I feel like somebody's been insulted. That's all. Can Can you say the last name in like an Italian, heavy Italian accent? And you got to do the finger gesture too. Studenich. Can say take, give give it a little bit more. Come on. Studenich. That's thank you. I appreciate that. Steve, isolate that. Hey, right back at you, pal. <laughs> all right, point. Point number two, the first one went so well. I'm just going to keep plowing away through these. Um, point number two, uh, the Penguins forwards. What What are you raising your arms at? We're getting no impressions with Nick tonight. This That's is very right. disappointing. It didn't, it's not my fault. It didn't come together. I had something, but it's just not. Oh, it's just not good. Guessing. It's just not good. All right. I ran out of time. Sorry, this has been a long, long weekend. I didn't get All a right. chance even yesterday, so. Our reviews are going to go down now. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I'll make it better one next week. I promise. Sorry, Bill. Should I do an impression? Yes. All right. I'll have to do that do later your, in my points. Do okay. your three, your final three. Okay. So my next point, the Penguins forwards and uh, their, and the health of their forwards. So uh, apparently uh, we, I heard today that uh, Evgeny Malkin and Kasperi Kapanen are, they're both back skating, non-contact jerseys. So there's 10 games to go. And and this is something I was starting to, to get a little uneasy about because they do want them back for the playoffs, but I, I think they would, you know, obviously prefer to get them back with a few games to, to kind of gear up for the playoffs. Uh, since Malkin, you know, and when, when Malkin's out of sync, he's a, he is a minus player. So I, I would really like to see him back in the lineup and getting into sync with his line mates and, and getting things going before the playoffs start. So. Um, I, it also made me kind of think about though, you know, when, when Malkin and Kaepernick got hurt, it was over a month ago now, I think, and both of them had lower body injuries, presumably the knee or, or whatever. They, they both came back and skated on the next shift. And I'm just wondering, like, what happened to the old days when like, you, if you were going to be out for a month, like you, they'd have to like cart you off the ice. Like how, how is it that? you'd miss a, over a month after you skated right on it, like a minute later. It just doesn't make sense to me. I get swelling happens, but a month, you miss a month after you made your next shift. Hey, conversely, Shesterkin looked like his leg fell off and he was back in a week, 10 days yeah. tops. True. So we never know the severity of the injuries. It's a little, little weird. Um, so 
my third point. Uh, so the uh, the Penguins and uh, the Buffalo Sabers just want to applaud them. Uh, last week they they played a a a pride game. Um, did the did the rainbow jerseys in practice and everything. And uh, um, I learned that Brian Burke had 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 a son uh, who came out as gay uh, when when he was a young man. Uh, apparently um, died tragically in a car accident. Uh, little over a decade ago um things i didn't realize about brian burke because you know um brian burke's an asshole and and if there was ever an article about brian burke uh before he became a, a penguins before he was involved with the penguins i i'm sure that i decided to skip it on, on purpose the best um, point you made all night yeah thanks <laughs> thank you um but still uh, uh i want to applaud brian burke's involvement and the penguins and and you know the, the penguins and the and the sabers who, who played in that game and um and and did the did the the rainbow jerseys before it was pretty cool uh uh mccann and jason zucker and brian russ kyle Pozo, linus Olmark, rasmus asplin all all uh had you know did pre-recorded met pre-recorded messages um prior to the game messages and, that's not been distracting at all to, to watch. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I just wanted to say something good about it, but you're just ruining it. But, but kudos to them, hats off to them. Like, you know, we all came from a generation where we made a lot of jokes and, and I, I'm not taking back jokes anytime soon. Uh, I, I'm not a politically correct person with my sense of humor, but, you know, it, 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 does, it does make you think twice, you know, when they have events like this and, and are preaching inclusion and, and just makes you think, you know, uh, about the words you use and, and the way you, you treat people. So I, I, I liked it. I was, I was happy that they did. Um, point number four, you guys going to love this point. Uh, soundboard Bill made a, made a good point uh, last couple of weeks, in fact. Um, and, and I just kind of got me thinking, it, it, he, he really made me start, you know, thinking about something and, and thinking about my favorite team being the Neil Morse band. And um, gosh, I was, it got me thinking about the Penguins and, uh, and, and the best Penguins lineup that they, that they could have, you know, um, it, you'd have like Crosby at center with, with his wings, Gensel and Rust and, and Dumoulin and, uh, and uh, Latang back on defense. And of course, uh, Tristan Jari in goal. And I'm thinking, which ones of these guys are which member of the Neil Morse band? So teams that outscored their opponent by five goals were 270 0 and 0 coming into tonight. And now that's 270 1 and 0, thanks to the New Jersey Devils. That's true. I just was trying to say anything to stop stop that last comment from happening from Bill. <laughs> well, I was okay. going to mute him, but you took over. So, I, I mean, we, I you think did. Would Sidney Crosby be the Mike Portnoy? No, Crosby's Neil Moore. Shut up! Rich Mauser, the, the sound guy, no! would be Latang. Don't. Because I was going to pull the sound guy into it, too. Okay, no. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your story. No, that's okay. No, please. I need to know. I need to know. Yeah, now. And Eric Gillette, the guitarist, would be Gensel. It's, he like does like the pretty flashy things. That's all right, though. It's, 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 and Mike Portnoy would have been uh, Brian Dumoulin, you know, the, the whole backbone of the whole thing. I don't have to keep I don't have to keep going, even though there's only two more. Is it going to stop? That's okay. We should move on to something else. Turn it off. Would Tristan Jari be the rhythm guitarist? No, he'd be, he'd be the bass player, Randy George. Oh my God. Everybody turned off the fucking podcast. <laughs> Nobody's listening anymore. Look, 
They're popular in Germany. No, this, they're more popular no, no, in they, Germany. This, this, they, they definitely. The Indian guy in India going, who the hell Neil Morris? <laughs> the three people who know who the Neil Morris band are, are still listening. And they really want to know who that they're fifth my person is. So who was the last player? Oh, the last one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bill Hubauer would be Brian Rust. The Bill Hubauer, the. Uh, Great. The uh, keyboardist, because he, you know, Russ is that veteran presence, and and he grinds it out, and Bill would grind out those high notes, that, you know, in, in the backing vocals, uh, and playing that keyboard, it's really good stuff. You know what I miss? Soundboard Bill. Soundboard Bill. Soundboard Bill. I guess. Love I soundboard, soundboard Bill. Bill. Yeah. Boy, was he the good. Something, something, kind of interesting. At least I find it interesting. Do you know how much it costs to be an official equipment supplier in the NHL? So equipment suppliers have to pay a fee and they can pay a fee in up to six categories, goalies, pads, and gloves, sticks, skates, helmets, and gloves. So go- goalies, pads, and gloves is one is all one category. And then skater gear gets broken into four different categories. So there's five categories total. So a company like Bauer who has all five, they have to pay a fee for each one. Do you know how much that fee is? $37. The $75,000. $125,000. To be an official equipment supplier. So they pay the NHL $600,000 a year, and they get to outfit players. That's cheap. Don't you think that's cheap? Imagine the marketing that they get to do because they are an official NHL equipment supplier. That's their marketing budget. So, sure. Marketing budget's a lot more than $600,000. No, I was kidding. So what was better? My point about the NHL equipment. Oh, yours by far. Or by, Billy's. By far. You don't even okay. have to finish that sentence. Good. By I just, far, yours was better. There's no question about but it. But I would have made the, the thing, you know, because Neil Morse, you know, he, he, he ends up crying at literally every performance. And comparing him to Crosby, who's known as the Crosby. I'm crying at this fucking segment. <laughs> Jesus. I can't. I can't wait for Tom next week to come in with a Counting Crows. Who who on the Rangers is Adam Duritz segment next week? Oh God! Which Ranger has banged everybody on the cast of Friends? <laughs> that would be howdy, right? All right. You, since we don't have impressions with Nick Billy, you were going to do an impression. Do something that contributes to the fucking show, please. <laughs> Ready, set, go. 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 Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas. Oh, it's fucking Santa Claus. Yeah. You guessed it so quickly. All right. Before we lose anybody else and before we lose any potential sponsors. I might put a shotgun in my mouth. We might lose me. Um, (laughs) Before we lose any hosts, thanks for listening to this shit. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at friends underscore rivals. When you're sitting on the shitter, check your Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, friends and rivals podcast on YouTube. Don't forget to click comment and share. Subscribe to us. Anywhere you get your podcasts like Spotify or Apple Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and um, give us a review because it will help our show out a lot. Um, this was certainly an entertaining yet stressful show. Number 21 in the books. <laughs> Billy, play us out.